This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Ons gaan nou gesels met iemand wat die realiteit besef van wat nog in Oekraïne aangaan. Ons strakel oor, oor die honderd dag van het, mm. die oorlog uitgebreek het, wat soveel mensens levens geaffecteerd is. Maar dit het net weef my echt geraak, toe ek vrijdag met een vriendin wat van Oekraïne afkom wat in Zuid-Afrika woon. Maar toe ek en sy gaan, gaan um, ons het gauwe lunchie gaan eet en haar ouders is stands in Zuid-Afrika, maar is drie maanden, ja. dan weet hulle weet nie of hulle die volgende drie maanden hier gaan kan wees nie. Hulle kan glad nie, glad nie Engels praat nie. So jy kan nie dink, alles is van hulle af weggevat in een oogwink, alles wat bekend is vir die leeftijd. En toe dit vir my weer so realiteit slaan, toe besef ek net, daar is iets in my, ons het al uh, het afgestomp geraak, het ek hmm. en jy ook gepraat, omdat dit ver gebeur. Maar ons weet dat die economische implicatie en al dat gedurs is in elk geval iets wat ons affecteer, al besef ons dit nie eerst nie. Maar ja, dis net, my hart het net weer so uitgegaan en ek dink is goed dat ons weer perspektief krijgen van wat in die buitenland gebeur, so ons ook met ander oor na ons eie omstandighede kan kyk en ook ons God en hmm. hoe groot hy is. Thanks so much for that, Almarie. On the line here via Zoom, um, I've got uh, Oleg Rutki. He's uh, together with his wife Marina leading the New Hope Eurasia NGO that's been doing amazing work across 12 former Soviet countries. They're based in Moldova and actively involved in serving the needy, the orphaned and abandoned kids and victimized women in this area. Currently engaged in the refugee crisis and more. Uh, Oleg, good morning. Fantastic having you with us again. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be back with you. Thank you so much for uh, giving me such an opportunity to share with your amazing listeners. Oleg, the last time we spoke, um, it was at the very start of this crisis in Ukraine. What have you got for us now over all of these months where I'm sure so much more has happened? You know, it's been a, a crazy busy season for all of us here. Um, you know, as we've been working hard on the, at the borders, mm. um, it's been, you know, uh, as you as you know from all of the you know the media, uh, more than five million people, especially moms and kids, they had to leave for safety, uh, Ukraine, especially areas of the war zone. So it's been a very hectic time. Lots of people, especially with lots of needs, mm. uh, in the area of sheltering, food, transportation. So we've been uh, we've been extremely busy with helping moms, you know, be safe and especially uh, children, um, you know, from areas of Mariupol, Kherson, Nikolaev. Uh, by the way, uh, just today, in about an hour, I'll be on my way to uh, Nikolaev, to the what, the actual area where uh, fighting is happening and active fighting is happening. I'm taking food, uh, hygienic supplies and water filters because in that city, people were on salty water, dirty wow. water, almost a, almost a month. So, as I am, uh, you know, uh, doing this interview, my heart is beating, and I am, you know, praying that the Lord will protect us from, you know, uh, from any evil. Mm. Uh, and Oleg, that's something that you need to consider as well as an organization wanting to do good, but always uh, in a dangerous place. You there are places you want to go that you potentially can't go. Uh, what have what have things been like for you? Have you been under threat? As, as, have you been able to be as successful as you'd hoped to be as an organization? You know, I say that uh, this crisis uh, has literally brought a lot of other organizations together 
and churches. Um, we were able to mobilize, uh, and our president, Maya Sandu, she sent letters out to uh, uh, our, you know, churches and organizations to say thanks to all of us for being so quick on uh, getting mobilized and provide the needed support to the refugees uh, from Ukraine. So I can say definitely this crisis brought uh, a lot of us together. It united us mm. around this cause. And we were able to mobilize ourselves much faster than, you know, some of the big global, um, you know, crisis, uh, um, you know, emergency relief and crisis relief organizations mm. uh, that um, we all know. So I can definitely say it's been quite a, you know, quite a lot of success. And we give thanks to God for that. Um, as it is about threats, uh, definitely. Uh, war is war. Threats are, you know, we've been uh, taking food inside Ukraine to the areas where active fighting. I came last week from uh, same this kind of, a, you know, from a similar area where there is fight, active fighting happening. I delivered food, uh, supplies, and water filters to a church and just around the corner um, from there, I was driving next to freshly bombed homes. Wow. Um, I was uh, shopping in a, you know, like in a, in a large grocery store. And as we've been doing that, you know, you hear all these jets flying above your head and, you know, they would push us all as quick as possible out in the parking lot, lay down, get somewhere in a safe, you know, to mm. a safety. So I've been in those situations and I can say, it hurts my heart to see what people have to go through. This is really causing a lot of trauma in the, you know, moms and babies. And I think the biggest trauma that they are experiencing is that, that they have to leave their fathers, their mm. dads, you know, their husbands behind. And this is a real deep trauma for all of them. You sent a report to me a while ago saying amongst the, the existing challenges, another is those who... Are, are handicapped or those who uh, are disabled when that's another crisis that one doesn't even consider we often talk about the women and children and uh, older people but then there's also finding space for people with disability uh finding a safe place for them during this time that's a huge challenge yes yes that's totally true uh, by the way one of the things that i am carrying today across the border it is a couple of wheelchairs uh we will hope to be able to get more more of those, um, you know, medical supplies, uh, wheelchairs, uh, hospital beds, mm. uh, and it's a real need for that. Uh, it, you know, uh, yesterday I had a situation where I took food and supplies uh, to a shelter, uh, and this guy comes from Donetsk. Uh, mm. He was able to escape, and uh, he was missing all of his toes. Uh, he was um, wow. barely uh, holding up, you know, just to be able to keep his balance. And uh, he uh, came to help carry some of that. I was like, mm, mm, I am, um, I'm deeply moved to see him. Mm. To, mm, I'm sorry. Um, there's just, um, mm, I'm, I'm over, I'm sorry. I'm emotional about that. When he took his socks, he didn't want to, but I said, look, I just, um, um, I'd like to help you in any way I can. And he's like, you know, what we, I need is just uh, being able to have some salt and uh, do some of those hot water with salt to, you know, for my feet. And uh, I asked him, what happened to your toes? And he's like, you know, there was this, um, how you call it, a string that was attached to the, 
you know, to the explosives. Mm. And we were walking through the forest collecting uh, mushrooms and I didn't pay attention. And um, it uh, got a couple of us died and I lost my toes. But I'm, I'm happy that I can be in Moldova in the shelter, you know, in the, you know, in a church and uh, be safe. So, um, yeah, there is definitely a need for, for help for those people that um, where they are stuck in their apartments and um, someone to come and visit them with food, water, mm. or giving them an opportunity to have a wheelchair or something, uh, something that can help them move around or be safe. So evacuation of such people is being a challenge, but uh, we are continuing to do that, transporting them to specially equipped uh, shelters in Moldova, Romania, as well as being able to help them transport them farther on to Western Europe where they can be safe and taken care of. Oleg, this must be taking a huge toll on you, your family, and everyone else who serves together with you in your ministry. We don't know how long this is going to go on for, but you and your teams just have to keep on going. How are you rejuvenating yourselves? How are you getting the strength you need to do this mammoth task? You know what? Um, the, you know, um, there is no task that is greater than our God, and I trust Him completely mm. with every single task. Um, I can definitely say, uh, looking at the task that we have, sometimes it's overwhelming. And I'll be, I'd like to be honest with you mm. and all of your listeners. It's literally overwhelming just sometimes emotionally to be able to hear all those stories and to see the trauma the kids are going through. Mm. And instead of kids playing with a toy, they're playing with weapon toys. You know what I mean? You know, just plastic weapons, wood-made wood made toys, you know, that look like weapons. It's just just sad, just sad that kids have to see all of that. But I am I'm honored to be able to serve the Lord. As for me and my home, we are glad to serve the Lord. And not only myself, but it's uh, you know, I'm not a one-man show. It's, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one in it. It's a it's a whole team, yeah. it's an alliance. God has blessed us with an alliance of organizations and churches. So taking time to be able to you know, uh, just um, get together, strategize, um, inspire and encourage each other and be able to also what we've created is taking shifts and turns where we can take time to rest while others are taking on the responsibility mm. uh, on different responsibilities. And that way we can reju- rejuvenate and be able, be able to get back with, you know, in full speed. But as for me personally, I'd like to tell you just a little secret. Yes. I am, um, I'm a guy that, I don't know, but the Lord is giving me that energy. Mm. I'm a go-go person. <laughs> and, the, you know, the more I do, the more I get energized, especially if I can keep serving. Um, if I sit still, that's what warms me out. I, <laughs> <laughs> I get bored if I don't do anything. So I get energized by doing more. Uh, but still, my family, I am so thankful to the Lord for an amazing wife he's given to me. She's, uh, she was born in Ukraine in Nikolaev, mm. and uh, she has a big heart for uh, the situation in Ukraine. And uh, definitely she is a great encouragement for me. Oleg, we are 10,000 kilometers away from you as the crow flies. How do mm. we help? What can we do? Sitting here on the furthest point of the African continent away from you, we feel so helpless. What can we do? Thank you for asking me for the... with. Um, you know, with distance, um, there is no distance in help. 
there is no um, you know barrier or border in being generous. Mm. Uh, but generosity, I mean not only money. Uh, definitely, we appreciate every single penny that is given. Uh, and you, uh, dear listeners, uh, you can definitely give uh, or through this radio or uh, you can go to our website at www.newhopeurasia.org and just make a generous donation there. Um, but also generous with time, mm. generous with skills and generous with goods. Um, we are in great need of supplies that can be shipped. Uh, we also are in great need of people that can come and serve alongside us because I'll just give you just a really quick snapshot. Tomorrow, as I come back from Ukraine, tomorrow and Friday, we have two days. Our shifts are two days for 1,500 to 2,000 moms that are going to be in one day receiving food just at one distribution center. Yeah. And we have 64 of those, you know, and shelters and so many opportunities to be able just mm -hmm. to love on them, provide them the big, you know, just to the basic, uh, the basics for their needs, uh, play with kids, pray with them, you know, just, just offer them the basic help they need. So yeah. being there means a lot to them. Um, we need hands, we need food, you know, boots on the ground, and we need, uh, we need financial support. And lots and lots of prayer, I would imagine, Oleg. Be, I mean, more than anything, mm. without prayer, none of our ministry is possible. You're listening to Oleg Rutki. He's out there in Moldova, into the Ukraine. There's much happening. You've heard it. If you've missed part of this, you can go and check it out. We've uh, It's been live on Facebook as well. You can go and uh, watch this uh, short video as well um, and pray. Do what you feel led to do, but pray we can all do this. doesn't matter whether you have nothing in your pocket or overflowing bank balance. Prayer is something we are all capable of. What can we do to make, to make a difference in the world? You've heard how energized Oleg is just by doing good, just by serving. And that's what we've all been called to do in some way. We've got our own sort of mini crisis here in terms of the weather and flooding and how that's affecting people in more informal areas. So whether we're out here in Cape Town or whether our hearts go out to Moldova, we cannot be switched off today we need to be switched on we need to be on our knees we need to be doing something we need to actively be living out our faith just like oleg has been doing down on the ground oleg thank you for your time i know you've got an hour and then you've got your next big thing happening thank you for your time this morning do you send lots of uh, our regards to marina and to the team and we pray strength for you today for everything that you need to accomplish may the spirit of god fill you with supernatural energy great favor and uh, may you be able to accomplish today super abundantly more than you could ever hope for or imagine. Thank you so much. Dear listeners, just keep loving God and love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.